Hello, and welcome to the Mission Inspire podcast, a production of the National Medal of Honor Museum Foundation. My name is Mo Barrett, a leadership speaker and retired Air Force Colonel. Regular listeners will remember that a few episodes back, we heard from Greg Waters, curator of the National Medal of Honor Museum, who gave us a behind the scenes look at how the museum is collecting numerous artifacts and memorabilia that will be hosted within the museum. This month, we're giving you the inside scoop on the inspiration behind the architectural wonder that will house that inspiring collection. And if you've seen any renderings of the museum, you know exactly what I mean. Today, we're honored to have with us world-renowned architect and the genius behind the moving design that will become the future National Medal of Honor Museum, Mr. Rafael Vignoli. His list of award-winning works span courthouses, museums, performing arts centers, convention centers, athletic facilities, and other remarkable buildings. In the U.S., he spearheaded the designs for icons such as the Kimmel Center for the Performing Arts in Philadelphia, the Edward M. Kennedy Institute for the United States Senate in Boston, Jazz at Lincoln Center in Manhattan, and countless others. It is my pleasure to welcome Rafael Vignoli to the Mission Inspire podcast. Rafael, we're thrilled to have you join us today, and per your signature look, you have three glasses on your head and one around your corner, or I'm sorry, one around your neck. Uh, I, I think you have said architects are only as good as their vision, so we are welcome to uh, hear more about your vision uh, today. Trying, Is that correct? Trying to, trying to supplement it. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Perfect. Well, let's jump right into this. Let's go back to the very beginning. What made you want to become an architect? Has it always been your dream or is it a passion that kind of revealed itself to you over time? Well, quite, quite frankly, I, you know, it's one of these things that I never really quite, uh, never became a choice. I mean, it was sort of kind of like an obvious thing for me to do since very early childhood. Um, uh, my mother had studied architecture. There were a lot of, uh, books in the um in the house about it but more than than just i didn't even have the idea of an architect as a as a person i i just wanted to build something you see i mean you know it's sort of like you know this passion for getting from a conception to something that has a physical form and um and it's not uh if you will part of um of a, a sort of kind of willful approach to form making, which is basically what an artist does. I mean, I, I really do think that what we do is, is something which is quite different than art in the sense that it is always uh, a purpose oriented, right? I mean, you know, it always has this basic structure being symbolic or overly practical. Um, and nobody does something in my business if somebody else doesn't show up and says, well, by the way, I need this. <laughs> right. Well, you, you have definitely created um, just some beautiful contemporary architectural wonders uh, over the course of your uh, nearly 40 year career. So I oh guess one 50, thing we talk about more like 54. fifty. Oh my good. Well, you know, I was I was just being kind with the age. Okay, <laughs> you're nearly fifty years. So is it safe to assume then that your style of architecture and and the artistry and the work you put into it has changed over those fifty years? And if so, how? The the, the conditions have changed more than anything. I see. Well, notice, you know, from the very beginning, I 
I, uh, I was always for family reasons, mostly um, sort of like a person that never really had an attachment to a place until uh, um, I decided to become an American, which uh, I always say is a choice as opposed to something that just happens to people and lucky, lucky you. But I mean, you know, it, when you, when you have that experience of moving around and moving around on time also, um, certain things change. But I think that uh, style in, in architecture is, is a little bit of a, of a um, uh, um, dangerous word uh, in my view of seeing, because uh, I do think that fundamentally what what makes um, a, an architectural body of work is, is something that has to do with the intelligence that you apply to the question I was referring to before, which is that somebody shows up or society says, I mean, you have to do this. And then you try to understand how the it, I mean, you know, what is it that you're doing? Uh, has evolved over time and what you can do to um, develop that need. I mean, I think it's a develop in the sense of understanding it and giving a response to, which is by far much wider than the mere description of the need, you see. And, right, and I think right. that that merges in, in, in many cases with something that that it is a defining a vision, as you put it before, that goes well above or beyond the, the specifics of the project. And, and I, some projects uh, like the Museum for the Medal of Honor, I mean, you know, have that as a core um, um, way of being defined. You see, I mean, you know, it's just, is so, yes, it is a museum, but it represents so many more things. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. that I think is, is, is pretty extraordinary and fascinating as a proposition. But, but I do think that other projects in our work uh, um, uh, contain the same attitude, right? Which is to say, right. how do you interpret what it is supposed to be a preconception of something into something that has a, a, an impact in the evolution of that preconception. Just, I mean, you know, I always say there is this thing about um, uh, architecture being, um, you know, perhaps one of the only things you cannot avoid. I mean, you know, if you don't like music, you just turn off the radio or don't go to a concert or right. go to the bar that we will go after this. <laughs> um, but it is a, uh, this, you, you know, you, you have problems with literature, you don't read. Architecture, you either enjoy or suffer inevitably. And mm -hmm. I think that um, even if you're blind, you do. You see, and it has this uh, sort of enormous responsibility, which I think is what makes the profession so fascinating. I mean, you know, I don't know how many people really ha have this in their minds when 
when they practice, but it is an extraordinarily significant action. Just think for a minute, the amount of resources that it takes. I mean, it has right. a lot to do with, um, you know, it's another thing that happens with art. I mean, you know, you just hate some type of art. You don't buy it. You don't watch it. You don't go to the museum to see it. But your home, your your street, the relationship between the physical impact on the environment and what you do and and it in in it's an it, it has a an impact which is much wider than anything else that I know apart from politics. I mean, you know, it's yeah. sort of like yeah. it's like the same. I mean, you know, it's just so you 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 think you're solving this problem, but in reality, the impact of this solution is much wider, particularly right. in the public realm, which is what something that is not only is not always incorporated into uh, uh, commissions that really do not um, um, uh, do not present it as a problem. But you do right. your house, right. and then you're part of a neighborhood. And if the neighborhood is ugly, you've contributed to it. And nobody asks you whether what are you going to do with it. But I mean, it is something that has to come from the inner world of the profession itself. So very fascinating, difficult, very difficult job because, you know, is uh, I think the public is usually uh, kind of, you know, dramatically uneducated about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and extraordinarily significant. So, I mean, my, it's like doctors. I mean, I don't remember whether this is a Hippocratic judgment, but you, all you have to do is not to do harm, right? Because, you know, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the low standard easier, for doctors, right? Easier, right. Easier, easier to harm than to make people laugh or enjoy or having a good time. I mean, yeah, yeah. Right. that's well, that's a fascinating insight, and you talk about how just the the tangible elements of everything that you do and that you put into it um, affects all of us, and uh, I, I would argue that it affects more than politics would. So because it is that tangible thing, uh, so since you mentioned the National Medal of Honor, and this is the National Medal of Honor Museum podcast, how did you get involved with the National Medal of Honor Museum? Well, since I uh, decided for the first time in my family's life, I mean, you know, to become an American, I, I have been amazed about uh, the kind of experience that one has by watching America as an, as an in, invitee, if you want. I mean, you know, it's just mm -hmm. like the kind of thing that, you know, uh, is, is, it makes you constantly think. Um, particularly if you come from a culture very, very different. I mean, as I was mentioning before, the fact that I travel so much and I work in so many places, I was sort of prepared to witness this. And um, I've always thought that America has a, 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 um, a kind of fundamental core of uh, um, uh, a combination of pragmatism and idealism. And mm -hmm. I think that that can only be represented by the, the, uh, the capacity of the institutions to 
uh, to have a sense of permanence and to be kind of independent from the moments in which we all live that may or may not be favorable. Um, and I, coming from South America, I mean, the, the tradition of the military is pretty difficult in Latin America as a whole. I mean, you know, it's always a, uh, a kind of um, a part of, of, the, of the nation that it is in, in constant conflict. I mean, it may be just recent, uh, by recent, I mean over the last 150, 200 years or so, but in America, the, the, the military has this sort of kind of sense of uh, restraint and professionalism and above all, love for the abstract, amazingly enough, right? I mean, you know, it's just like, mm -hmm. when you think for a minute, I mean, you're a, you're a military person. I mean, you know, you, yeah. you, you are swearing uh, to the constitution, right? So it's right, not right, and, and 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 that's something that makes a link, that creates an apparatus. Just to put a name to it, mm -hmm. that is that is this combination of being completely independent from people, but made by people, right? Mm. And yeah, uh, and 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 the people change, but the fundamentals of of how this institution has operated over the history of America is, is absolutely remarkable. I mean, you know, some people may actually take exception on some of the things I'm saying, but when you really come from outside and you look at how these things perform, even in recent event, events, I mean, it's, it's, there, there isn't any confusion as to what's the role of the institution in the country. And right. what is even more noticeable is how this thing gets impregnated into the minds of the of the people that actually uh, represented and, and and made it what it is. Right. Um, mm -hmm. I, I remember so, so from the very beginning. I wanted to. You know, there, there have been a number of uh, competitions for memorials and and um, monuments in Washington and so on, and other museums. I think I have participated in all of them as long as they let me. Some of them <laughs> were, were really successful, some of them are not, and I'm not a specialist, just simply a, a, a passion of mine to understand this relationship between, uh, you know, the physical form and what represents not in a not in a linear way. In other words, mm -hmm. it's not it, it's not that you know. For instance, I I did a a very beautiful project. I always thought, and I was the finalist on the um, uh, Second World War Memorial in the mall. And mm -hmm. um, my whole approach to that project was sort of kind of similar to what you know made me react, uh, you know, in terms of the design approach to the Medal of Honor Museum, which is that you're talking about something else. You're not talking about the medal or the, or right. the specific history. You're talking about a link 
between people making an institution that it is well, well beyond the life of the actors or the history of the institution in itself is what makes the this amazing thing operate, which is the sense of community, the sense of um, sort of common uh, responsibility, and above all, this sort of thing that is so peculiar in the in all the recipients of the Medal of Honor, which is that you know uh, uh, people don't know really. I had a, um, I mean, I I was completely blown apart by the acts of bravery in themselves. But the most amazing thing isn't what individually each of these guys did, is the fact that they did it and it's completely normal for them to do it. In other words, right. and some of them cannot even explain why they did it or how, what's the mechanism of the decision-making mechanism to, 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 to surge inside of you and become this sort of kind of unbelievable um, uh, um, hero, right? I mean, mm -hmm. you know, and, mm -hmm. and what is even more amazing is that when you, when you, the, it, it's not even modesty, you see, because, you know, modesty is, a, you see, you know, if you're modest, it's because you know that you can brag about it too, and then you decide to be more. It's really authentic. They did mm -hmm. it for their pals, and their pals are not just names. Some of them people have never met, but they are they they are a part of this sort of mixture between individualism and institution institutional consistency, which I think is the most American notion. In other words, mm -hmm. it's not imposed from the top down. It's not a false from the bottom up type of, it's, it's an integration between the extraordinary um, uh, uh, capacities of the individual in, in him or herself, and how that thing you sort of integrates into a much larger entity, which is the institution and therefore the country and so on, right? So it's a, this to me is a, it, it, it just representing that uh, or or making it work say architecturally is um is an amazing honor for me and you know one day i mean people say these things but uh, i i can tell you that it's absolutely an extraordinary uh luck that i'm involved with it that's awesome and we're glad you're involved with it too because i think um one of the things you were quoted as saying is that architecture is the art of dealing with heaviness. And I think a lot of people could come to the museum and feel a sense of burden that these Medal of Honor recipients took on. But you talk about that allegiance to a constitution and the institutional consistency. Um, and, and again, your perspective, having you know emigrated to the United States from South America and having these perspectives that you bring in. So as the architect, when the Americans or any anybody from around the world comes to the Medal of Honor Museum, what do you want them to feel when they see it, when they walk through it, when they touch it? What do you want them to feel? It's, it's a um, you know the the project is based on a on a completely unplanned 
experience that I had. I honestly had absolutely no idea what to do. And, um, you know, there are some prototypes and things that, you know, are more craft oriented that can actually help you put something together in formal terms. But I, uh, I because I, I, I had started reading about um, the events themselves, I mean, you know, and these sort of 4,000 people that kind of went from being a normal individual to doing something completely extra, um, sort of the realm of human behavior somehow. Mm -hmm. I, I, I read uh, something about this sort of kind of uh, act of, uh, uh, of, of bravery, right? And, uh, and sacrifice, it's not sacrifice the word, but it is the sense that it, when, you, when you do something that we all understand is, if you will, kind of superhuman in, in, in sort right. of fighting terms. Um, uh, the 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 explanation of that is that uh and i read it in a poem um is that what it is is just that one individual is capable of um lifting a heavy burden mm -hmm. in the benefit of his or her comrades and by extension, her group, this sort of kind of combination between individual action and collective collectiveness, right? So, right. I mean, you know, whether these two things intersect and you cannot interpret at all that either the institution may this person do it or this person by doing it is making the, the institution. It's just one thing, right? Right. And, right. And, and, and sort of, I was, um, uh, I thought that this business of, uh, of the, the heavy burden, it, 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 you know, was sort of extraordinarily telling. And, you know, and believe me, Mo, between you and me, these things are complete luck. I was walking around in this office and I saw a, a, an object that I had never seen here. We have a model shop and and the model shop people use, uh, you know, have their instruments and their tools mm -hmm. and so on. And, and some of them are, are you know, very sort of um, ready-made, if you will, sort of pieces of, of stuff that they use to keep things together. And therefore mm -hmm. they are very heavy. And I saw a slab of steel, which, uh, you know, it wasn't bigger than that, uh -huh. resting in a, on a table. And quite frankly, not because I was thinking about any of this, I wanted to read what was this thing holding on the table. And I uh -huh. tried to move it. And I couldn't move it was so heavy. I mean, it was sort of like 40 pounds or 40, yeah, literally more than 40 pounds. Wow. I mean, and, and I, and it was this big. And, huh. and then I said, you know, so, and I couldn't move it. And then when I decided to put the effort to move it, I recall this phrase that is, you know, when you move it, 
you're moving it for something that it goes beyond the act of moving it itself, right? I mean, hmm. what uh -huh. is it that you're trying to to do it for? And it has it it, it 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 sort of kind of gives you a completely different picture of what lifting weight is, because right. in architecture everything is lifting. I mean, everything is heavy, right? So yep. you know your your partner enemy slash enemy is gravity right but at the same time in these sort of relationships you have you have respect for gravity and when you try to fool it like in many cases you do something you're doing something which is um uh you're 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 quote unquote fighting to lift it right and right. Uh, I, I thought that it was a a self-explanatory self move in itself. And I said, well, you know, what is it that the museum is all about? It's the containment of the objects and descriptions and, um, it, you know, equipment and so on that can give people the opportunity to relate to that act, right? Mm -hmm. So, and it constitutes uh, the description of the acts themselves, right? So, and so if, if I said if you if you move it up, and the the act of moving it up isn't obvious. In other words, you don't know why it's floating in the air, right? Uh, mm -hmm. I think that itself explains the whole thing. I didn't have to make an explanation of this. You see, I mean, you know, got it. Yep. I, I don't remember now who were in this office. Was it a, a kind of inter intermediate review of the people in charge of the process? And I, I didn't have to explain anything because, it's, you know, you see it and you say, well, this is awesome, but nobody huh. knows why. And then when you reflect on why is it awesome, it's because it's obviously heavy, it's always it's big and it's floating. And you can't interpret how is this thing lifted. And what you've lifted is the repository of all the, the, the signals of what these 4,000 people did in 200 years of history. And is supported by each of the, by columns that practically do not touch the box, um, which actually the five columns represent uh, uh the five services and it has a central space which um uh is related to the idea of the sixth one of the space force mm -hmm. um uh, but it touches this super heavy box in one point right no i mean i just don't want to make it like if it was all engineer because it's nothing <laughs> it just yeah. happened on its own right so and, and by the way that's a very good sign i mean you know if you've been uh, around in this business for long enough you know that sometimes you hit it right more often not and sometimes you have you have this sort of kind of you know things that come from god knows where that <laughs> actually make something unique happen and i and i think that's that I, 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 I'm just the conduit of that, but I, it's an extraordinary um, mnemonic connection between 
even if you don't understand it, I mean, you know, if you don't listen to my explanation, hopefully nobody does, but when you see it, <laughs> when you see it, you, you see something that says, oh, wait a second, what is this thing, right? And, you know, it's 200 feet by 200 feet by 35 feet. Wow. Uh, it's all in steel and it is, it's just, you see it and it has no connection to anything. So it is the power of abstraction, but it's an abstraction that has a direct connection to the, to the meaning of the metal itself. And by extension, um, the people involved, but more importantly, the institution, right? So, I mean, you know, it's a defensive organization when you think mm -hmm. of it, right? I mean, it's defined right. like that. I mean, which is completely different than the many other militaries, you see? I mean, you know, is it, uh, you know, we're, we're in a moment in which this, uh, this sort of kind of recent events have brought back um, the importance of, uh, of this sector of society, right? I mean, right. you know, is right. it, uh, and how other people sort of kind of either misinterpret it or use it for things that have nothing to do with what they are there for. Right, so it in in and more importantly, I think. I mean, the, when you read the the military code, I mean, which I took the liberty to go through quickly, just you know, weeks after um, we started working. I mean, it is so full of these limits, right? So I mean, you know, you're not there to attack your citizenry, regardless of. Right. Of, of the po political position. You're not there to overcome uh, civil discourse and, and, and all of those things and, you know, presently are being completely violated, right? So, I mean, right. I just heard this morning, I mean, you know, just tell me who are you to decide that a country needs to be invaded, for God's sakes, right? Right, right. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, what's, what's fascinating to me is listening to you talk about um, how you get inspiration from things, because I've always been told that an author is somewhat every book an author writes is somewhat autobiographical, right? There's pieces of you. Um, but not only that you saw this piece of steel on the desk, but that you got information from it. So yes, you may be a conduit from it, but I think it's fascinating. And now I think for our listeners to be able to go back and look at the renderings and the models of what the museum will look like to be able to see it differently because of how you got your inspiration for it and and to know that there the number of pillars has meaning the the material has meaning because i think a oh, lot yeah. of people overlook that so thank you for sharing um that part of it and so of course we just broke ground um for the the site has been had its groundbreaking in march um which now, by the way was also completely extraordinary oh I mean, it was amazing um, you know and and it is is this this is the kind of thing that you know, you you as a chosen American, say as a <laughs> as a um, American by choice. I mean, you know, you you can't stop, you know, being fascinated by the evidence. I mean, you know, you just you, you it has nothing to do with politics or anything, right? I mean, it's just a hundred percent 
the collective and the individual being one thing. Yeah, it's it, it was such a powerful, I had goosebumps and tears and it was just such an Isn't emotional it? ceremony. I mean, you, you, as I said to a pal of yours that was sitting in my table, uh, it, when these kids were singing, you know, this, I don't know, average age 22, when you say, who's gonna fight these people? You know, I mean, you know, you hear, you know, we were talking about music, right? Mm -hmm. So there's yep. bits of yep. singing and waves of singing. There are things to be sung and things that are sung, right? Mm -hmm. and, 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 and you you heard this choir and, you know, it, it, I mean, I'm not a sentimental person, but I can tell you if this thing doesn't get your hair stand, I mean, I don't know, you might be a piece of furniture, but is it? <laughs> go, go get your pulse checked. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I have to ask, as we start, as we start wrapping up, um, you have touched so many projects literally around the globe. Do you have a favorite? Are you allowed to have a favorite or a favorite project you're most proud of? Or you, you kind of referred no, to one earlier. It's, it's, you know, during the pandemic, I I uh, I lived here in the office. I, we have a little mm. apartment, and um, it was sort of because there was nobody here. It was the first time that I had the chance to walk around and see what we had done. And by that, I, I mean we, because this is a a collective practice. And you know, it it, it it's it's sort of like. Um, you you go around and you see these things and as i said before some are what i consider to be good and some are not so good but in all of them there is this constant search for um the presence of what i call intelligence you see which is that you're not you're not doing this thing without recognizing the fact that it's number one not your money Number two, not your purpose. Number three, that is not you alone at all, you see. And how, as an architect, you combine all of these things with respect to achieve something that, as I said before, gives you more happiness than sorrow, uh, is, a, is a very difficult thing to do. So um, in, in many cases, since you asked my evaluation of our work, I cannot tell you anything uh, that is kind of like the top of anything. All I mm -hmm. say is that you can smell when, you, when you're in the right way from, from scratch. I, I have mm -hmm. never done, I never tried another scheme. You know, it's a, it's a, it, and it, that's very rare. I mean, amazingly rare. I mean, you know, as, a, as an architect, you sit down, you have a brief, you have a, a program, you have a budget, you have all of these things. And then you say, well, I can do this and then I can do that and then I can do this. And with this one, I, I just did one and, and, and all were. Oh, wow. And, and, and I, I didn't even have to check it or rethink it or, it was that, and it, 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 it continues being that, you see? That makes this project in, in my career pretty unique. Uh, wow. And it, it probably is because it's about 
this combination between symbolism and the capacity of the form to convey a message without being literal. You mm -hmm. see, because, you know, it doesn't doesn't have the shape of the metal, you know, some people do these things, right? I mean, you know, yep, yep. too literal, yeah. elementary, elementary ways of being trans or translating things into into meaning. I mean, you know, it's either the meaning comes with it or not. I mean, you know, yeah. so you, it's like you cannot impose on something a story to be told. It's either the, the something tells you the story or it just doesn't, or you need a booklet to understand. <laughs> right, right, this, right. This is what this thing is not. I mean, you know, yeah. and I think it's a, it's a remarkable uh, stroke of luck and, and a great responsibility because, you know, as I said before, I cannot stop being totally blown apart by this attitude of these people that did things that you, me, I don't know, maybe you, but not, certainly not me. I, can't, I cannot even imagine what makes you do it. The fascinating thing is that the people that did it doesn't know what they do. do it. Right, not, right. It's just uh, arises from this sort of kind of strange combination that can only be possible if you belong to a culture in which your freedoms are really represented by institutions that respect them and that move them forward. And that's America. Yeah, that's awesome. This is, you have just given me goosebumps. I mean, just the, just the perspective and the respect and the responsibility that you've taken on. And I love the fact that this project that the Medal of Honor Museum is a unique opportunity and it's a unique, uh, the inspiration for it was unique, uh, the way it's come to you. Um, I, I, am, I am so excited. And so I, I encourage everybody to go back and look at the drawings and the renderings and the models um, yeah. with, with, with uh, this talk in mind. And, and, and I want more importantly, more importantly yeah. for the public to know that this exists. I, in other words, that sure. we collectively are paying respect for what other people did, which represent the best of us. I mean, you know, this is what any of them would tell you. I mean, mm -hmm. heroism is not something that you learn at school and that you train for. It just right. happens. And there are many levels in which you can actually be a hero, right? I mean, and it's, mm -hmm. it's just like this ability to, if the museum conveys only that, that meaning, the fact that an extraordinary act is on the reach of each of us and, and different levels and different degrees of danger and so on and so forth. But this, right. this whole thing about engaging in, in, in the only sort of kind of altruistic thing that the, there is a, it just occurred to me that this is the thing that differentiates a healthy society for something that is not is that is the, is the awareness of the fact that altruism is is essential to the human condition and I think that 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 is proven in this acts I mean you know it's right. just like which, which, which in a way, because these people are military people in action, 
may sound and do sound, and they are, by the way, completely out of scale, right? But right. just think for a minute, the job to which you have applied are part of, you see? You know, we sh should all respect you. I don't know about that, but uh, yeah, but thank you for that. <laughs> I appreciate- serious thing. Yeah, yeah. No, it, and it's it's something we all do. And again, you know, the fact that it's a voluntary thing, um, just like you being a uh, an American by choice, I love that. I love that phrase as well, uh, Mr. Vignoli. I want to thank you so much for no, taking man, the time. The Listen, I mean, thank you yeah. for your interest and for your uh, actions and for your work, because it is a is something that needs is a moment. You see, we we all watch TV, do other things, and so on. Yeah, this has nothing to do with that. This is like in the essence of of of, of the of the things that we all uh, enjoy and more often than not take for granted. And absolutely, absolutely, this is fantastic. And uh, for anybody who wants to learn more about your work, they can go to your website at vignoli.com, which is v-i-n-o-l-y.com. Is that correct? All right. Awesome. Mr. Vignoli, thank you so much. This is, I, I have to go back and look at the drawings now because now I'm, I'm, I'm going to look at it differently because of you. So thank you for that thank and for the work so you're much. doing. It has been nothing short of incredible hearing about your legendary career and your inspiration for this museum. And for those who want to learn more about the National Medal of Honor Museum, just type in mohmuseum.org to get the latest updates and find out how you can help its mission to inspire America. That's it for us today. Join us next time on the Mission Inspire podcast.